Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Jesus one place in this time, one time in this place, I think is what I meant. Hey, um, so glad you are here, and I am. I'm really excited for this week, um, and uh, man, just so grateful to be here. Come on, I, I do want to welcome one other group in the room, and that's everybody who's watching online. Would you put your hands together for those who are watching from home today? <laughs> Love it. So glad that we can be here with you, and you can be here with us, and we just believe. Man, wasn't worship awesome? Just felt like, man, God is already working, and he's not done. I think he's just beginning something and warming our hearts up for what he wants to speak. And I'm excited to jump in. We're in week three of this gospel series where we're learning about the, the documents in our Bibles that many people call the, the gospels. And so we're talking about what are these documents? What, what, what do they contain? But then we're also talking about the gospel, uh, which is the good news of Jesus, his message, why he came and what he did. And we, you can put this picture up. We've been talking about it the whole series that Jesus came but he didn't just come, he came for you, right? And he died for you, and he rose from the grave for you. He ascended for you, can't wait to share that one. And he is coming back for you. And that is the gospel that we're focusing on. That's the gospel that can change your life that we're hitting. And uh, this past week, we read through the gospel of Mark. And it, that was great because it's the shortest one. Come on, everybody. Uh, that's a good old bueno right there. But I, it really is. It's, it's impactful. And we're actually going to be talking about that. Uh, and so if you read it, you will be ready for what we're talking about today. We're looking at that, that document called Mark. But if you haven't, I, I, I said it week one. I want to say it again. You will get out of this series what you put into it. And so we are, we've got small groups that are talking about this. We've got a small group right now on Wednesday nights that are, are watching the Chosen series and talking about that. And then we're talking about it on Sundays. And it, it's just, it's all building on each other. We've invited you to be reading the Gospels. In fact, you will read a Gospel. If you haven't jumped in, don't try to, you know, restart. This week we're doing the Gospel of John. You'll read it in a week. Um, you'll cram it out. But I'm telling you, God will use that because you're not just going to read history. You're not just going to read an eyewitness account of, from Jesus' best friend, but what you will read has the power to change your life, right? That's what we know, and that's what we believe, and it's going to challenge you uh, really to press in. And so as, even today, I, I believe that the, the, as we lean into the gospel of Mark, I believe that God's going to begin to challenge us with some questions and challenge us really uh, with when we consider what Jesus did. See, the Gospel of Mark, it was the earliest of the, of the four eyewitness accounts, the Gospels that we, we identify. Mark was the first one, and also Mark is, uh, like I said, the shortest one, but it focuses the most on what Jesus did, the things that he did, the works or the miracles that he did. In fact, all of the four Gospels record Jesus' miracles, but Mark records the most. And as I said earlier, he's not doing this. Mark is not doing this just to kind of document history. Mark, the whole time in his book, he's talking about when these things happened, this is how the crowds responded, this is how the disciples responded, this is how the, the religious leaders responded, this is how the, the Roman leaders responded. But really his question is, how will you respond? What do you think about this? What do you believe? And specifically when it comes to the, the question of Jesus' miracles, 
I, I feel like Mark puts you and I just kind of eye to eye and, and looking at him. And he says, listen, I'm not asking you if you believe Jesus could do miracles. Really, this is the question. Can, do you believe that Jesus can do miracles? That he can do miracles in your life. That he can do miracles today. That he can do something bigger and above and beyond what you could ever perceive or understand in your own mind. And that is really Mark's question. And, and I'm glad you're here today. I, you know, whether you believe that or believe miracles are true or whether you, you know, you're still figuring out if you believe in God or want to follow God or if you're just excited about the coffee or the lunch someone's taking to you, whatever that is. I just believe that we're all going to be faced today. We've got to answer that question. Jesus' actions and his claims demand our decision on who he is. And I'm so glad you're here because I believe God will meet you as you wrestle with that question. In fact, I just want to take you. I said Mark talks about the miracles of Jesus. I just want to do a quick overview with you of the 17 miracles that he records. And they weren't the only miracles Jesus did. He just records the most. So in chapter 1, Jesus casts out a demonic spirit from someone. And then he shows up at Peter's house. Peter was one of his closest followers. And I don't know if Peter wanted Jesus to do this, but Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And I, I don't know if Peter was like, you know, just let nature take its course, Jesus. I mean, you know, how do you, I don't know how saved G, Peter was at that point, but Jesus did anyway. So that was miracle number two. Number three, Jesus heals a man of leprosy, a disease more contagious than COVID. And it has a 100% death rate at that point. Chapter two, Jesus speaks to a crippled man and that man walks. He also speaks to a storm and the wind and the waves died immediately. In chapter 3, Jesus stops in the middle of his teaching. He's at a synagogue. He's doing a sermon, but he sees someone with a, a withered hand, and he heals him instantly. In chapter 5, there was a man who was demonically oppressed, suicidal. He would cut himself, and as Jesus spoke a word, that man became free. There was also a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She spent all her money on doctors, all her money on medicine, but it only got worse. But when she saw Jesus, she only had to touch his clothes, and that's how she experienced her healing. Listen, what doctors could not do in a decade, Jesus could do in an instant. That is what people were experiencing when they got close to Jesus. And chapter uh, is on the same day, excuse me, there was a dad whose daughter had died, and the crowds told that father, don't bother Jesus, she's already gone. But listen, I love it, this is the message of Jesus, it's not always about what the crowds are telling you, but when Jesus is in the room, you just have to believe, and that's what happened, and Jesus raised her back to life. Come on, that's a good old bueno right there. Chapter, oh, I'm, I'm going to call y'all out, that's a bueno right there. That's it. Chapter 6, Jesus was preaching to 10,000 people, maybe more. Just imagine that crowd, okay? Outdoors is massive. No speakers either. That's insane. Um, and he fed the crowd with one Lunchable. I mean it. You should look it up. Chapter 6. Number 11, that same night, Jesus walks on the water. So he calms one storm, and he walked in the water in another storm. And I love it. Just because we need to know that sometimes God can dismiss the storm, but sometimes he can just see us through it. Isn't that good? That's a whole sermon. We're not even going to go there. Uh, numbers, chapter 7, there was a deaf man who was mute. Jesus spit on his fingers and stuck his fingers in the man's ear. The first wet willy ever recorded in history. But Jesus did it, and uh, my son thought that was awesome. And so he did it, and the man's eyes and his ears were open. Chapter 8. 
Jesus feeds another 4,000 plus and he heals a blind man. Chapter 9, number 14, Jesus sets free another person who was cutting himself and demonic. Chapter 10, he opened the eyes of a blind man. And then finally, in chapter 15 and 16, the greatest miracle of all time. Jesus hangs on a cross. They crucify him. They bury him. But death could not hold this man. And Jesus was raised from the dead so that you could experience salvation. Yeah, come on. And so that you could know the miracle power of Jesus today. And Mark is asking us that question. What do you believe then? What will you believe? And I just want to start off with that one thing to know real early today and just let you know this. God wants to mark your life with miracles. He wants to mark your life. He wants people to look at your life and see his signature. I, I, I don't know what you've heard or how, how much you've grown up in church or around church or if you just your perceptions of it. But you, you just have to understand Jesus doesn't want to fix your life. He doesn't. He doesn't want to tweak your life. He doesn't want to kind of, you know, kind of course correct. Jesus wants to change your life completely, give you something brand new. He wants there to be such a work on your life that people look at you and say, man, only God, only God. When everyone else is saying, man, that, that door will never be open. When everybody else is saying that marriage will never make it, this sickness will never be healed, this addict will never be set free. That drunk will never change. That anxiety will never leave. That fear will never go away. Do you know what? In those very spaces, God wants to come in where there's hopelessness, and he wants to bring new life and new light and hope. And that's what he's inviting you to believe. Today, now, in your life, no matter what you're carrying or what you're going through, that God wants to mark your life with miracles. My life is a life marked by miracles. This church is a church marked by miracles. We've shared so many of the stories of what God's done just in two years. And God wants to have you, let you have the same kind of stories in your life. And today, I just really what I want to do is I just want to build your faith. I don't know that I'm going to teach you anything new, but I believe that today is just a time to kind of shake some dust off of your faith and maybe fan into flame your your your. Uh, your fire, I don't know, I, I, your, I was working on a fan there, the F's got me. But it, we want to fan into flame what's inside of you, that you would believe that God can meet any need, he can meet you right where you are at, and you can experience the touch of God in your life. So I want to do that today by looking at three miracles. I want to I, I look at three miracles in the book of Mark, and I want to just pull some truths out of them that, that you and I, I think, not only can know today, but we can experience today. So if that's good, say bueno. I love it. Thank you for the delay, the, the reverb in the room. Sweet. Let's go in here. Uh, we're going to look at these and uh, just discover. Here's number one if you're taking notes. Just want you to know this truth about Jesus. There's not a need Jesus cannot meet. Yeah, we're going double negative today. Don't worry about it, teacher. So there's not a need Jesus cannot me And I really want to ask you the question, what need do you have? What need? I, I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just, but seriously, I want you to write it down on your phone. Take it out. Every person, just write down what need do you have? Because I believe God's asking us that question today. And it doesn't matter how small that need is, how big that need is. It does not matter how small you feel or how big you feel. God wants to meet your needs. 
And and I'm just asking you to write it down because here's the thing. It's one thing to think about it, but it's another thing to write it down. Let me say it this way. It's one thing to believe God could save a marriage. It's another thing to say, God, I need you to save my marriage. It's one thing to think, God, I I really need you to provide. I know you're a provider, but it's another thing to say, God, I, I need you to be my provider. It's one thing to say, God, I know you can reach anybody, but I need you to reach my unreachable son. What is your need? Come on, write it down right now. Don't don't listen to me. Just take out your phone and and get distracted by that. What's your need? I want you to think about that. Get specific, and here's why. Because we're not just going to celebrate baptisms today, but we're going to have some time today to pray for your needs. And uh, and we want to make sure, each one of us, we can have a space where we press in. And I just want you to look. It was in the story of Jesus when he fed those thousands, and his disciples wanted Jesus to send the crowds away for food, but... Here's what Jesus told his disciples when they brought up their need. Here's what he said in Mark chapter 6. Jesus said to them, actually, you 12, I want you to feed them. And I think that's so insightful from Jesus because, listen, don't you know that Jesus already knew the need? Like, he knew Instacart was not going to be able to feed all those people. It was probably Sunday anyway, Chick-fil-A was closed. The disciples were like, we're just lost. Like, we don't know what else to do, God, right? But seriously, Jesus knew the need. It's not that that he, he, he didn't understand it. And what's so crazy and insightful for you is Jesus didn't resolve this need right away either. Now, actually, what Jesus did is he used this to begin to pull faith out of those disciples. And I believe that's exactly what God wants to do in your life. He said, you feed them. And for them, they just began to like, <laughs> with what? Like, Jesus, with what? What do you, what do you want us to do? They say, with what? We've We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. And Jesus responds right back and says, well, how much bread do you already have? See, for some of you, I think Jesus isn't asking you what you don't have. He's really asking, what do you have? And I know you may be looking for a miracle and saying, Jesus, we just, I don't don't have enough finance. I I need a miracle in my finances. And I think Jesus may be saying, don't tell me what you don't have. Uh, What does it look like for you to trust me? with what you do have. Maybe you're, you're saying, Jesus, I just, I just don't have enough strength. Man, I'm just, I'm weak, I'm sick. We, we've tried everything, and Jesus is saying, well, how can you trust me with what you do have? I know you're looking for a miracle. I know you need God to touch you, but what can God do above and beyond with what you do have? And that's exactly what the disciples did. They came to Jesus, and they found that Lunchable. It's five, five, it was a big Lunchable, too. There were five loaves and two fish. I mean, that's that's like a $5.99 special. But seriously, they, they came to Jesus with this, this meal, and, and all they did was they brought what was possible, and Jesus did something that was impossible. They brought what they had. They trusted Jesus with what they have. I don't even think they really understood what was about to take place, but Jesus did. And all he wanted them to do was just bring it, just trust him with it. And as they did that, Jesus blessed it, and he broke it, and they fed. And look what happens. This is what happened. Oh, man, I didn't put this verse in there. They were all satisfied. Oh, I did. Skip this one. They came back and they had those, but they were all, all. That's all the thousands of people. Everyone ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. Come on. How many disciples were there? Come on, y'all. Let's go, Nuco. We're here today. There were 12. That's right. How many baskets were there left over? I know y'all are brilliant. Here, here's the beautiful thing. 
See, when you trust Jesus with what you do have, not only will he use you to, to meet somebody else's need, but he will meet your own needs as well. That's some good preaching right there. Seriously, that's what Jesus invites us to do. He wants us to trust him with what we do have so that he can do something so much greater than we could ever do on our own. I'm telling you, God wants to meet your needs today. And I believe the good news is that Jesus, not only does he want to, he can. There was a, a, a time in our life for Hannah and I when we took about two weeks to fast and, uh, and just pray. And we had some needs. In fact, we had a five-digit number of debt that we was just kind of staring us in the face. And we had little kids and not a lot of income and n- n- not a lot of streams of income. And we were just like, God, we need, we need a miracle because I don't see how this is disappearing ever. Like, it wasn't ever, but it was going to take a long time. And so we fasted and we prayed and we got together on that first night. We said we're going to do this for two weeks. And on that first night, I was so excited. I knew God was happy that I hadn't eaten all day. I knew that's what he wanted, right? Um, he wanted me hangry and, uh, and, and just a joy to be around. So there I was, end of the night. We weren't going to watch Netflix. That's holiness right there. Like, we're not going to turn the TV on, God. We're going to pray. And so that's what we did. We sat down and we had our list. And I was so excited to bring up this need, this debt we had and say, God, we need you to provide miraculously and I really like I I had uh, hyped myself up like this is going to happen we're going to see it this year or this this week God's going to do something so we sit down to pray and we kind of lay out our, our request to the Lord and then something we do when we when we pray is we stop and we don't just talk but we take time to listen because God's a God who speaks and so we we said okay God what do you want to say now that we're done and um and it's amazing God spoke to both of us individually but we began to share with each other that God get put a, a phrase in both of our hearts. He said, open your hands. And for the next 15 minutes in that prayer time, God began to speak to us about different ways he wanted us to be more generous with our finances. And I started arguing like, this is the opposite direction of where I thought we were going. Like I had set up my plan, God. But you know, I, I think that's what's so true about that night. I learned that while I came into that moment wanting God to bless my plans, he came into that moment wanting me to trust his. And, and, and we were looking for a miracle, and God just said, what do you have? How can you trust me with what you have? Can I tell you, we talk about it all the time. When it comes to giving back to God, that's always an issue of trust. God wants your trust. He doesn't want your money. And, and, and the thing is, we just began to give a little bit, and we said yes to that, and we opened our hands. And you know what's incredible? We didn't even see this coming. In two years, our debt was completely paid off and I did not get a raise like like God paid off our debt y'all should put your hands together for that right there because of what God did not only that we received three times more than our debt amount that five digit number and it freed us up and you know what we did when that happened we said God we'll just give it all to you like what do you want and he said let's go start a church and then we're here that's the story of how we were really became free to say God what do you want to do with our lives And it all came because we just opened our hands. What God could do if you would just bring your need to him and trust him with that need. Come on, God wants to meet your need. And there's not a need he cannot fill. Let me show you this this second one. There's not a need Jesus cannot uh, meet. And there's not a sickness Jesus cannot heal. 
Come on, there's not a sickness. And, and, and listen, I believe in doctors and medicine, and I believe that's a gift of God and something we need to explore and continue to get better at and continue to, to use to help ourselves and others. But I also believe that Jesus knows our bodies, and he can heal us in ways that we can't yet understand. Yeah? God can do things in us that you and I don't, don't always understand how it happens. But listen, I, I know you've got questions. I know I've got questions. I don't think Jesus really really cares to resolve all our questions. Can I say that? Uh, let me say it this way. I believe we can all still trust God and what he says, even if we don't understand everything that he says or does. Yeah? And, and I just think that God sometimes, while we have questions and we've got doubts and we may have fears, the whole thing with Jesus is he just invites us to ask. Just ask. I know you don't get it. Just ask. Man, what's so beautiful. In Mark, if you read it or if you read it, there's a miracle where he performs where the man says, Jesus, I, help my unbelief. I don't even believe you can do this, but just do it. Like, God's okay with the doubts. God's okay with your questions. He just wants you to ask him. He wants you to ask him. And he's looking for a people who come hungry. I want you to, uh, to hear this story in Mark chapter 10. There was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Man, I left it out, but Bartimaeus had a last name. Mark tells you who the father is. Why would he do all that? Because this is a real man. This is not some made-up story. But this man has a name, a father, a lineage, and everybody knew the blind beggar, Bart. So here's this blind guy named Bart, and he's sitting beside the road. And when Bart heard that, that was me, Bart. Yeah, when Bart heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, what do you want me to do for you? And I just believe that's what the Holy Spirit is asking you today. What do you want me to do for you? Come on, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I don't want another church service. I mean, this is fun. And I know you got lunch plans and I got lunch plans, but I think God wants to meet our needs today. And he wants us to ask him to really meet with him. Right here in this space. And he's saying, what do you want me to do? And Bart, man, he responds to Jesus and says, my rabbi, my rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. And what's so powerful to understand is when we ask, I believe God shows up. When we ask, Jesus shows up. Just like with Bart, who the minute he said that, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Come on. And he was able to see. And I just believe the same can happen for you as you bring that disease. See, when Jesus shows up, cancer is healed. When Jesus shows up, that anxiety, it has to flee. When Jesus shows up, that addiction, it is broken. When, that, when Jesus shows up, fractured families are made whole. When Jesus shows up, there is something that happens that is above the natural. Come on, you believe it? When Jesus shows up, unreachable sons can be reached. There are impossible financial obstacles that can be overcome. And Jesus is just asking, asking us to say, come on, invite me in. Let me be here. What do you want me to do? Jesus can meet every need and Jesus can heal every disease. But here's the third one I want you to hear and I want you to recognize today is that there's not a soul, there's not a soul that Jesus cannot save. And listen, God cares about your body, but more than that, God cares about your soul. He cares about that. 
And for you, you may feel like, man, Brandon, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I, I, you don't know my past. You don't know my story. You don't know the pain I've been in. And yet you need to know today that there's not a mistake too big for God. There's not a mistake. You're not a mistake too big for God. And what he wants to do is he wants to free you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to set you free and make you whole. And he wants you to know that he can save your life and give you a brand new plan and a purpose. In fact, that's exactly what he did in this story in Mark chapter 5. Just hear this, and I want to invite the band to come up and, the, uh, and just to begin to get ready as we prepare to close. There was a man who was possessed by an evil spirit, and he came out from the tombs to meet Jesus. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And with a shriek, he screamed when he came to Jesus. And he said, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? I beg you, don't torture me. And, and while I think all of us would say, man, I haven't been naked in a, in a, in a graveyard in some tombs lately, but, or maybe you haven't seen anybody like that lately. But listen, I think this question right here is what some of us have asked Jesus before. Like we just... We're just worried that if we invite Jesus in, he's going to interfere with some things. And he just wants to mess with us. He just wants to kind of interrupt some things or maybe squelch some things in our life. He wants to kind of put some boundaries on us. But that is the opposite. What Jesus wants to do is Jesus wants to come into your life and set you free. What Jesus wants to do is he wants to come into your life and really break you from whatever is tormenting you. And that is the promise of Jesus, is that he sees you, no matter what's tormenting you, no matter what's nagging you, no matter what has bound you, Jesus sees right through that, and he sees you, just like he saw this man, and he saw through what everybody else had already given up on, and he called his name, and he set him free. And when the people from the town and the relatives of this man came by, they, they, they saw Jesus and they saw this man, their brother, seated, clothed in his right mind. It freaked them out. <laughs> I mean, what they, they weren't prepared for what Jesus could do. They didn't have answers for what Jesus had done. But they were faced to make a decision in that moment about who Jesus was. And what's so powerful about Jesus is not only did he heal this man, and he, and he put him in his right mind. Not only did he release him from what was tormented then, but then he actually set him on mission. He gave him a purpose. Look at what happens in verse 20. This man who was found naked in burial caves, now dressed and in his right mind. This man started off to visit ten towns. He went out to ten towns. He had a mission. He had some good news to share that I was once tormented. Man, I was once in shackles. I was once in chains. But I met Jesus and he set me free. He came with a mission to declare some good news. And that's exactly what God wants to do in you. Just last week we celebrated one week, or one, one, excuse me, one year at our Ashland location. And on Monday, Hannah and I got an email from uh, someone on our, uh, who 
they actually, their first Sunday at New Community was on launch Sunday, October 10th, 2021, when we launched our Ashland location. And they showed up by themselves. And I just want to read some of what she said in that email. She said, I had no clue what I was walking into that night, but little did I know the intense healing from my hard past that would begin. And then she wrote paragraph. Man, that just explained how for 30 years she's been tormented by abuse and pain and misuse and trauma and just years of nagging worthlessness because of all that. But then she wrote this. She said, but I am no longer a victim. God is healing me. I understand my worth. I am my most authentic me right now. And I'm serving on the dream team, and it's filling a hole in my heart. New community is the reason why I am where I am today. Come on, that's a real-life story. That's Brooke's stories. Put her up on the screen. Put your hands together for what God is doing in Brooke's life today. And I just believe God's not finished with you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.